Amen. There is hope. There is hope, and that's what we celebrate today. There's hope in Jesus Christ, who is our living hope. All right, let's, let's join in, in prayer as we begin this message this morning. Lord, I thank you that you are the God that gives hope, that you are the God that no matter what happens to us, that we bring our sacrifice of praise to you, and we can rejoice in you, our living Savior, our living hope that you, you give us, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for sending, for, for coming to, to earth and to, to show us how to live. And Lord, we thank you that you willingly went to the cross in our, in our place. And so, Lord, I pray that today that we would put our hope fully in you and trust you. We pray that the words that I say would not be my words, they would be your words. Lord, we pray that whatever you want to happen here this morning, your will be done. And we pray that as we open your word and we explore this letter of First Peter, God, that you would teach us what it means to, to trust you, how to live for you. And I pray, Lord, if there's people here that are here in this building or listening online or watching that don't know you, Jesus, I pray that you would, that you would call them and show them how much you love them. And Lord, that they would come to you and know you in, in a loving relationship where you save them. We pray, Jesus, for this time that you, your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, though, once upon a time, there was a family. And this family might or might have not been in a made-up fairy tale. <laughs> but let's say it might have, let's say the more might have it, it was. And this family, they had, had money, they had success, they enjoyed life. But unfortunately, very sadly for this family, the, the mother passed away. And so the, the father and the daughter of this, of this family, they were very sad. But they had each other and they, they could help each other through this time. The, the, the father decided to remarry. And he remarried to a, a woman that seemed like a very good woman. And she had two daughters for themselves. And, and these, these daughters then started when they... When they when, the, the husband and wife got married and they, they all moved in. The, the, the stepdaughters treated the other daughter very badly. And, and not just the, the daughters, the stepdaughters, but also the stepmother. She treated this, this young lady very badly. But really, it got really bad when her father died. And that's when the true colors came out and they they were just treated her in such a terrible way they even made her they put her room up in the in an attic and they they made her do all the chores of the house they were kind of like living off of her as a slave and i think probably many of us would guess who this is all right elizabeth who is it you don't know all right lucy cinderella all right very good Cinderella was someone that she was trying to always be happy. She was always trying, she was singing with the birds and she was 
talking and very friendly with the mice. Now, of course, we know this is a made-up fairy tale, but she was excited even when things were going badly for her. She was very hopeful, and I don't even know why she was hopeful, but she had her, she continued to go along doing her best each day. And as believers, we don't have to wonder where, where should our hope come from? Should we just be joyful? Should we just be positive? Should we just kind of muster up that excitement of being joyful and positive just because we can or we, we're good people? No, it's not. It's not just because we're positive and we have a good, op- or a good outlook. Our joy and our hope should come solely in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in Christ. And that's why we say that in this series that hope is here. Hope is in the person of Jesus. And, and we've been going through the letter of 1 Peter together, and we are kind of today at like what I would call the climax of this letter. This letter has been building on itself. This letter has been talking about how Jesus is our living hope. Peter, the apostle who was the disciple of Jesus, he's writing to the churches. He found out that these people were being persecuted. These people, these Christians were, were doing what they were supposed to be doing. They were living for Jesus, but yet the people around them were persecuting them. They were giving them a hard time. They were treating them in, in, a wrong, in wrong ways. And so Peter is writing to these Christians to say, hey, let's keep our hope in Jesus. He's our living hope. Let's, and, it, and it matters how we live, knowing that we are chosen, that we are precious, knowing that Jesus is chosen and Jesus is precious, and we cling to Him, knowing that we, the way we live and conduct ourselves shows the hope we have in Jesus. And so Peter has been going on, in the, in, especially in chapter 2 and then the beginning of, of chapter 3, talking about different situations of people, that, uh, Christians that need to be showing the hope that they have. Christians that are living in, in hostile circumstances, whether it's to the, in the government or, in, or as slaves or even in a marriage, that we should have our we should be treating the other person with love, with respect, with kindness. We saw last week in First Peter three he addresses the church, and in First Peter three, uh, in verse eight it says, "Finally, all of you be like-minded." He's talking about the church. He's saying, "You as Christians, you as believers, you should be like-minded in the way that you not just in the way you treat people." but in the way that you think, in the way that you believe. And be sympathetic to each other. Love one another. Be compassionate and be humble. I feel like this is like the core of, of what we are in, in Christ. That we are to be unified. That we are to be loving and sympathetic. Being in the same mind as each other. And, and doing it in a humble way, looking to the cross. That Jesus, He came in all of humility to save us. So I invite you to open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 3, and we're going to continue in this letter in verse 13 today. And and so in 1 Peter, we're seeing lots of these themes. And and last week, what we saw in 1 Peter 
is that the way believers treat each other bears witness to our hope in Christ. And so we're going to continue to see that today, that the way believers treat each other bear, bears witness to our hope in Christ. It, it, we're, the way we think affects the way we live. And the way we, the way we live is going to show people that we have hope in Christ or that we don't. So it says this in 1 Peter 3, starting in verse 13, it says, Who is going to harm you if you're eager to do good? But if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. And I know that's in the middle or the beginning of a, of a verse, but I'm going to stop right there. Okay, let's just talk about these, these verses, really 13 and 14, and the first little piece of 15. Here, Peter is, is talking about there's, there's people that are opposed to Christ. Now remember, people should... Now we as Christians, if, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, we are not called to have enemies. We are not called to hate people. We are not called to be against humans, even bad humans, even, well, I shouldn't say bad, but even humans that are choosing evil, right? That's what Peter was talking about in the last part in in chapter 2, about even if people are doing evil to you, we're not to retaliate with evil. We're to bless. We're to show kindness. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not natural for me. When someone is yelling at me, when someone is being mean to me, I don't usually just in my, just want to react in that, I don't want to react in a way, sorry, usually I want to react the same way they're treating me. I want to get them back. But that is not the way of Jesus. And with, that's why believers, we need to rely on the Holy Spirit. We need in the moments where we can't do it, to ask the Holy Spirit, give us wisdom. Give us patience right now. Give us, help me bless others. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, Paul says in Ephesians. But as our battle is against the rulers and principalities that we don't even see. Spiritual warfare is a real thing. And I know we don't talk about it a lot. But spiritual warfare is something it's not that we are not against people. That there's many people that are doing wrong things to us and they are being influenced by the evil forces. I'm not trying to say that means they're okay. That means that we have to love them and bless them. So people here in this in these verses, people are if if our heart's desire is to like what it says in 13, if we are eager to do good, if we are trying our best to show other people kindness and blessing, if we're doing that, what kind of people are going to harm you? That's what Peter's saying. Who, who can really harm you? Who can really take away the hope that you have in Jesus? But even, it says in verse 14, but even if you suffer for doing what is right, or you suffer for righteousness, you suffer because of the way that you act, 
the way that you live, and that is in Jesus. That is the way of love. And if you suffer for living in the way of love, Peter says you're blessed. You're blessed. Don't we want to be blessed? I mean, I know we don't want to suffer. I, I know that. It's, you can ask anybody, do you want to suffer? No. <laughs> That's an easy no. We don't want to suffer. But, but Peter says that we're going to be blessed. We're going to be blessed if we are doing what's right. We're living in the way of love, living in the way of Jesus, and yet people are doing wrong against us. And Peter says, don't fear their threats. Don't even be frightened. But in your hearts, in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. In your hearts, set apart Jesus as King. Set apart Jesus as He is Lord. If Jesus is Lord of our life, if He's Lord of your life, then your life is going to show that. You're... Maybe Jesus is Lord of part of your life. Maybe He's not Lord of your life at all, but we kind of just say that we trust Jesus. Jesus wants to be in charge of our life. And so this is a key part here. In, in, in verse 15, we need to revere Christ as Lord. We need to set apart Him as holy. Set apart Him as that we live for Jesus alone. Our, and I, I didn't get to our main idea yet, but this really goes with it. So instead of going to the first point, I want to go to, back to our main idea. And our main idea is that when Christ rules in your heart, hope comes out. When Christ is ruling in our hearts, then people are going to see the hope that we have in Jesus. Now, I, I think the reverse is also true. If Christ is not really ruling our heart, people are not going to really see the hope that we have. Right? If we have Jesus as completely king of our life, completely he is reigning, he is Lord of our life, and we trust him and do what he says, then, then the hope that we have, the, the circumstances we're living, when we are persecuted, when we are... How, whatever's happening in our life, people are going to see the hope that's in us. They're going to see that hope because that hope is Jesus. John the Baptist said, less of me and more of you. He wants, and that's a great prayer. We can say, Jesus, we want to be less. We, we, we want you to be known. We want you to be lifted high. We want people to see the hope that we have in you. Not just that I, however I live, that it's for me. But it's for you, Jesus. So our first point today is that we suffer for righteousness. Now, living hope is displayed when believers, as they suffer for righteousness. So these people were suffering for, for the good. They were suffering not just for the good like Cinderella. They were suffering for the good, the righteousness, the way of Jesus. They were suffering because of who, the, who they believe in. And they have a living hope. And that comes out. That's evident when we trust Jesus and, and He is our Lord. 
So, we're blessed when we, when we suffer and don't, get, and don't take revenge. We're blessed. We don't need to fear others because it doesn't matter what they do. Our hope is in Jesus. And you can't take away the hope that we have in Jesus. Now, let's continue on in verse 15. And it says this. So we, we heard this part. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give you the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against you, against your good behavior in Christ, may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better if it's God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. There's a lot here in these in verses 15, 16, 17. But know this. Often, this verse right here, especially verse 15, it's a really great verse. And I feel like this is like really the, almost the climax of this whole letter. That the hope that we have in Jesus is so evident is so on display, not for, not for me, not for you, but for others to see and say, why do you live so differently? When, when, when we're mean to you, when we're, e- in fact, evil, or maybe it's other people that aren't doing the evil, but they see the evil that's happening, and they say, how do you live like that? How, why do you live like that? Don't you care? People see the hope in us, and they, they ask, why? Why do you live that way? Now, what I think is really neat is, is Peter, a lot of times, when we read verses like this, we think about ourselves. But Peter isn't say, saying this in a singular sense. He's saying this to, a, to, to the believers. He's saying, when they, have, when they see the hope in you all, when they see the hope not just in you singular, but you plural, when they see the hope that you guys have, it's not just individual hope, but collective. When we have that hope, it shows people something. And people are like, why? Why? When we revere Christ as Lord, we are always ready to give the answer. Now, in my life, I've taken this verse sometimes, especially when I was younger, and thought, wait a minute, I have to have an answer for anybody that comes and asks me about my beliefs? What if I don't know every ins and outs of doctrine? What if I don't know every ins and outs of Christianity? How do I do that? How, do I, how can I really be ready? I need a cram for this test, but I don't know when the test is. But Peter says, always be ready. How can I always be ready? How can I always know well, the simple message is you don't have to explain everything. They're asking you to explain the hope you have. If the hope you have is in Jesus Christ, tell them about Jesus. If we have a hard time talking about someone that we love, either we're really timid or maybe we don't 
truly love him that much. Maybe Jesus is more of somebody that we, that's more of somebody in the distance. That's not a, a close relationship with us. Maybe it's not somebody that we like talking about. If you ask any grandparent about one of their grandkids, they will, you, ha, you probably have to cut them off because they'll tell you lots of things about these kids. You, you, you ask just like one question about one of the grandkids and you might be listening for another five minutes because they just want to tell you all about these kids. They want to tell you, and they aren't saying these kids are perfect, but they love them so much. I wonder, when someone asks us about Jesus or about the hope we have, can we just go on for five minutes and just tell them? I mean, I'm not trying to say verbal vomit on people. But if they share, if they want to know why we have hope, can we tell them? Can we tell them? Are we ready? If we have our hope in Jesus, the living hope, if we have that assurance that we know that it's not just our hope is now, but it's also we have hope that Jesus is going to come back someday, today or later. We don't know when, but we have a hope that whenever Jesus comes back or, whatever, or we die, whichever happens first, we're going to be with Jesus. We're going to, we have hope that because we're going to be with Jesus for all eternity. And so our, point, our second point today is that we share Jesus respectfully. When someone asks you for the hope that you have, just share. Just tell them. But don't do it in a, in a mean way. Peter says do it with gentleness. Do it with respect. We want to keep a dialogue going. We don't want to just be like, I know what's right, evolution's wrong, you're wrong. Like, no, like, let's just be gentle. Let's be respectful. Let's be people that listen. When people ask us questions, yeah, they're, they're inviting us to share. But let's ask them questions. Why, where's, what do you think? Do you find hope? Do you have, you know, what, what's going to happen when you die? Or what, you know, just, we ask questions. If someone's asking us a question, then let's be respectful the way that we share Jesus with others. You know, there's a, a docu-series that just came out recently about this, and a, and a book also, about this pastor from Texas that is, a few years ago, he biked across the United States. And he biked across the United States with this simple, simple question. He wants to know why or where people have their hope. What do they think about spiritual things or about Jesus or God? And so he just wanted us to have conversations with people on the street, people in restaurants, people like in their yards that are doing work. He like stops and like talks to them. And he just had this question, this question because he wants to respectfully share Jesus. He wants to give people hope. He wants to give people a chance to talk. And some of the people that he talked with they said things like, I usually don't open up like this. I don't even, sometimes I don't even talk to my spouse about this. 
but I, I felt comfortable sharing this with you. This documentary, uh, mini, uh, sorry, this mini docu, or docu-series it's called, because it's like an eight-part series. It's called The Listening Road. They, he also wrote a book about it, too. But we want to share Jesus respectfully. We want to point people to Jesus because even in our suffering, Peter says in verse 17, even it's better if it's God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. In every part of our life, we want to be doing what God wants us to be doing. So we treat people with love. We share Jesus respectfully. We show kindness. We show people the hope that we have with gentleness and respect, not in a bragging way. Then in verse 18, it says this, and, and, and Peter kind of shifts the focus here. He says, For Christ suffered once for, for sins. He's, he's been talking about how we are suffering, how, how people that trust Jesus are suffering for doing good. And then he brings us back to Christ. He likes to do this. He's done this several times. He brings us to Christ, and he says, the, he, he makes these comparisons. Christ suffered once for sins, the, the righteous, Jesus, for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. So Jesus did this to bring us to God. And it says that Jesus was put to death in the body, but he was made alive in the spirit. And after being made alive, he went on and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, now, that sounds confusing, because it is, and we're not going to harp on that, because there's a lot of different scholars that think a lot of different things about that. But it said, to those who were disobedient long ago, when God patiently waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being built, and only it, in it only a few people, it was just eight in all, that were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. All right. So in the, in the, he finishes this chapter, chapter 3, although he wasn't writing in chapters, but this is a break. Uh, he finishes by talking about Jesus and how we can, who do we have our hope in is in Jesus Christ. And what did Jesus do? He suffered. The people that love Jesus are suffering, present tense to, to Peter, they were suffering. So Peter's writing to them saying, that you're suffering for doing good, you're suffering for righteousness. Jesus also suffered. And Jesus was much more righteous than anybody else. In fact, he wasn't just much more righteous. He was perfectly, completely, 100% righteous. And Jesus, the righteous one, went to the cross to die for those that are not righteous. Those that need Jesus. Those that need salvation. But guess what? That's all of us. That's not, none of us can say, oh, I didn't really need Jesus. 
No, we all need Jesus. We all need a Jesus for our salvation, but we also need Jesus, the hope of our life every day. Because it affects Jesus, affects the way we live. Do we have our hope in Jesus? And then it, it talks about, Peter talks about how, he, he talks about um, Noah in the days of Noah and how these, these eight people were saved through water. And then he brings it to baptism. And, and, and notice, it's not baptism that saves, but baptism is a pledge of a clear conscience towards God that we come to Jesus and then we show people that we are in Christ. We show people the old is gone and the new has come. That's what baptism is all about. It's about showing that we've made a pledge to live for Jesus. That, that we are no longer part of the world. That we're no longer part of, of yeah, the world. But we are in with Jesus. And we are saved by Him. So here Peter is, is talking a lot about, about Christ. And he ends it by talking about how, where is Christ now? Physically, where is Jesus? He's in heaven. And he is with God the Father at the right hand. The right hand shows power. Jesus is, is at God's best place of power. And, and the angels and authorities and powers, now notice these aren't, the, this is different than Ephesians 6 talking about the the authorities and powers of this world that are against Jesus. These are the, the authorities and powers and angels right now that are submitting to Jesus. Right now, in heaven, there's angels. There's created, God's created beings. Not humans. I mean, yes, there's humans. But there are, there's angels worshiping Jesus in heaven constantly. And we are going to join these angels and these powers and authorities because we're going to, if we submit to Jesus here on earth, then it's going to show that we're submitting to Jesus in our life. And that in, it includes in heaven. So Jesus is in full power. He's reigning. Now, it doesn't seem like that here. We still have this world where lots of bad things happen. And someday, this world is not going to be how it is now. This world is going to be a place where we put, where everybody at the name of Jesus will bow. Everybody, it says that in Philippians. Everybody's going to bow to Jesus. So, our, our third point today is that living hope is displayed in believers as they submit to Jesus' authority. Now, I know we've, Peter's talked a lot about submitting. Submitting to human, authority, human authorities. Submitting to, as slaves, submitting to masters that are cruel. Submitting to, in, in, a, in a marriage, husbands and wives submitting to each other and, and loving and respecting each other. And then submitting in the church that we would be a place where people would see collectively the hope that we have in Jesus but ultimately, more than submitting to others, we are to submit fully to Jesus. Fully to His authority. You know, we have hope in Jesus when we submit fully to Him. We have hope in Jesus. Now, people are going to see 
hope in us when we have surrendered lives to Jesus. Hope is not seen in someone who is going through the motions, that goes to church sometimes, that reads their Bible sometimes. Now listen, I'm not trying to say reading your Bible and praying and going to church is what saves you or doesn't save you, but it does show a lot about your hope. Salvation is found in Jesus alone. And when we trust Jesus and we abide in Jesus and we grow closer to Jesus, we're gonna, people are going to see the hope that we have. It's not by being religious. People aren't going to see the hope of someone that's worried or fearful all the time. They're not going to see hope that way. You're not gonna, people aren't going to see hope in, in people that are fighting for their rights, that are just trying to get what they can. No, people see hope when people, when believers surrender their life completely to Jesus' authority and we submit to Him. Jesus is Lord. And that's what we submit to, that Jesus is the Lord, not just in speaking, but in the way we live. Does your life display that you surrender your life completely to Jesus? Is Jesus fully Lord of your life? Often we try to pray for God to do what we want. God, do this. God, do this. And, and a lot of times those are, those are good, good prayers. But is our heart's desire your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Your kingdom come is what Jesus said. Your will. Not my will. Your will be done. Do we, do we pray this? Your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth in this place with this people at East Bend. Is your will being done? Are we asking Jesus, we're submitting to His authority and saying, your will be done in this place and in this body of Christ. You are in charge. Whatever you want to happen, Lord, is what we want to happen. Even if it looks weird, even if it's strange, even if it's new to us, we do whatever Jesus wants us to do. Is that our prayer? Is that our prayer in our life too? Your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. That's a great prayer that I encourage all of us to pray on a regular basis. Your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. Whatever you want, God, is what I want. Or at least whatever you want, God, is what I want to want. That's okay to be honest like that. Lord, I'm yours. I want to do what you want me to do. But we don't need to just wait and do nothing until God tells us. No, we do it. We, we communicate with Him. We listen to Him. We read His Word. We share in unity with other believers. We help each other. We want, we want people to see our living hope, but it's not just about them seeing our living hope. It's that us experiencing our hope is fully in Jesus. And really, that's our main idea today is that when Christ rules, 
When he, when he rules in us, then people are going to see the hope that comes out of us. Or really, they're going to see the hope that's in us, and it comes out. It's evident. It's displayed. When Christ rules in us, people are going to see. They're going to know. And you know what? They're going to, they're going to, they're going to see our hope. People see our hope, and then, and then it says that people are going to ask about our hope. So they see it, then they ask. And when they ask, they're going to, we're going to tell them, and they're going to hear about our hope. Our hope in Jesus Christ, our living hope. And hopefully, these people that see our hope and they ask about our hope and they hear about our hope, they're going to find their hope in Jesus Christ alone when they meet Jesus who gives hope. In a little bit, we're going to hear a song called Living Hope. And this is, it's a song that, that talks about Jesus as our living hope. It says, The King of Kings calls me His own. The King of Kings. Jesus Christ calls us His own. That we are chosen and precious. It says, Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Do we, do we pray that? Jesus, You are my living hope. You are my only hope. Obi-Wan. No. Not, not Princess Leia prayer. You're my only hope. No, Jesus is my only hope. Jesus, my only hope. You have broken every chain and there's salvation in your name. Do we pray that? Let's sing that. Yeah. That Jesus is our living hope. You know, during this song, I want to just invite you to, to think about does Jesus rule my heart? Does he rule my heart completely? Is my hope fully in Jesus? Is my, do I have living hope in Jesus? And if I do, let's, let's pray that people would see that hope, that we would live that hope. Psalm 33 says, We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In Him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in His holy name. May Your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in You. Let's pray that we would put our hope in Jesus who gives His unfailing love that we don't have to worry about if He's going to love us, if He's going to save us. No, we know that we have hope in Jesus and we're with him now and forever with Jesus. So when, when Christ rules our heart, hope comes out. And living hope is displayed in believers when they suffer for doing righteousness, when they share Jesus respectfully, and when they submit to Jesus' authority. And my prayer is that's each of us, is that we, as believers, if you trust in Jesus, that you suffer in the sake of Jesus for righteousness. Now, that sounds terrible. I don't, I'm not saying I want you to suffer, but I'm saying if you suffer, that you're doing, that you, that you're doing it, you're doing good in it, and you're going to be blessed. And you're sharing Jesus when people are asking you for the hope you have, 
you're sharing that Jesus respectfully. You're sharing Jesus the hope that you have and that we're submitting to Jesus' authority where he is the only one where every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. We thank you that, that you have all authority. We thank you, Jesus, that you give us hope and that you are our living hope, the one who is alive forever, the one that even though you died, you are alive now. You resurrected from the grave. And Jesus, I pray that you would give each of us just more of you. I pray that you would give, fill us with, with your love. You would fill us with your hope, your joy, so that even in whatever circumstances we're in, that people would see hope in us. And that, God, we would be ready to share you with others. That we'd be ready to tell people about how great you are. How great is our God. And so, Jesus, we just pray that we would trust you, love you, and be ready to show other people your love and grace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.